You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 98. And today we're going to be continuing our Public Land 101 mini-series. This is going to be episode number two, where we're talking about how to find a piece of public land to hunt and understanding the regulations within it. But before that, before we talk about that, I am joined by an esteemed co-host, Jake underscore Gaylord. How are you, sir? AKA Big Buck Slayer. I'm pretty good, Christian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I don't know if Big Buck Slayer is the is the word, but is that all you have like me saved under your phone? Yes, exactly. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, you're going to uh you can hold the title of Big Buck Slayer this year, but next mm-hmm. year I get to take it over. So do you know how uh what was it? Probably last year we uh found that big old like WWE like belt on Amazon and it had like a picture of a deer and stuff like that, and you could you could customize it by saying whatever you want. Yeah. We we may need to do that. But the thing is, I get to keep it for a year, regardless of this year. No, dude. You you, you get to keep it based on your merit. And if we didn't have okay. it last year, you don't get it this year. Okay. Okay. Watch Carol pull a rabbit out of his hat. Shoot yeah, I hope he does. And just, keep, and just keep the belt year after year. Speaking of uh, shooting a 180, uh, what happened? What do you mean what happened? What happened here recently... That got us excited that we've been waiting on for a, a good minute. Well, so let me just explain this to the listener. About mid-April, $590 was debited out of my bank account. And the other day, it finally paid off when I saw, congratulations, non-resident, you have been drawn out for the Kansas archery deer hunt. So mm. you, Peyton, and I both all, are all put in as a group. Mm. And to everybody that's been listening for like three months to us talking about it, we drew out to Kansas. Mama, we made it. I haven't been this excited in a long period of time for a place to deer hunt. You talking about just like less less hills and stuff or, or just big deer? Both. <laughs> <laughs> both can be true. Everybody knows that we hunt in the freaking mountains. So I'm excited to hunt some big ag country and hopefully shoot a a Kansas giant. And to me, that doesn't necessarily have to be a high-scoring deer. I hope it is, but I want to shoot a big-bodied, big-horn Kansas brute on public land. And I've already got my dirty fingers on my Onyx looking. Uh, I don't even know what a big-bodied deer looks like, to be honest. No, you're used to those mountain deer. Those mountain deer and... Even stuff in Northeast Oklahoma, it's like I think I think my biggest shoot, dude. That, that's another thing I need to start doing is like weighing my deer, but I don't know how. You know, I'm not going to buy just like a scale and all that stuff. Just weigh my weigh four deer a year, but uh, I don't even know what like the typical deer weighs in Northeast. To be honest, probably about one fifty gutted. One fifty, and then what's the Kansas deer? So Justin's killed one that was two fifty gutted. So. Mm. I'm not a mathematician, but that's a hundred more pounds. Thick old boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, the one I shot last year was like 
in a south in southwest Oklahoma was like two twelve or something like that, gutted. And I was like, dude, this deer is huge bodied. Massive. Hmm. It's gonna be something we haven't experienced. I hope so. I hope it's gonna be something. I hope I actually see one. That'd be great. I'm just saying, I'm not kind of like we discussed the other day. I, uh, we're not coming back with tag soup. That's not what I'm going to eat. You're not going to eat tag soup. I want to be like that uh, dude. Who's that guy on TikTok? He's from Florida, and he's like, he's like this old Florida boy. He said we don't we don't let him walk. You know, he does this stuff like that. He's like, uh, if it's brown, it's down. And he, you know, each TikTok he says stuff like that. But pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be your mentality? That that's exactly my mentality. Depends, depends. Like if it's like I know for sure it's going to be my last hunt of the season up there. If it's brown, it's down, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, other than that, hopefully holding off for a big one. I would love to. Like we said, we have these high before season expectations, especially when you're getting your mounts back and you're looking at all your trail cam pictures. You're like, man. 140 or better 150 or better and they mm-hmm. just slowly especially on public they slowly just creep down and down and you guys will hear it on the podcast probably by probably by mid-september we'll be like man 125 or better it's, <laughs> it's going down for sure yeah yeah oh that's well. how it goes well we can uh what 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 else is new before we jump into the mini series so got drawn out for kansas, kansas. You have seen your forms on Facebook, so your mounts are getting close. Yep, got a couple mounts at our taxidermist that we're waiting on. I honestly, Jake and I dropped our mounts off at the same time, so I'm pretty confident yours was in there too. But you know, I'm thinking in the next couple weeks, we should be the proud owners of $1,500 worth of taxidermy. That's what I was about to say. I hope it's in there, but then again, I hope it ain't because, man, I don't want to spend another $400. It is what it is, though. Yeah, you, I wouldn't like. I'm kind of glad I didn't shoot two deer at this point last year. <laughs> I always say that, and then in the middle of November, I'm like, dude, I'd give, I'd, I'd give my car to shoot a, a buck. Yeah, damn, that was that was good. I, I thought you were gonna say like left nut or something like that, but car, you know, PG. I like it. I'm not, I'm not vulgar like you guys. Okay, my apologies. Yeah, so we got that, and then we're really gonna have to start like trying to figure out when we're going to go hunt or uh, scout dude neck not this weekend but next not okay well we got to get carol on board so you know how that is it's going to be a 30 minute to an hour conversation I'm, argument i'm, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna push that one out on you you got him that ain't me that ain't me chief uh so yeah we got that and then i guess we don't have to but it'd be really nice to also scout southeast again at least, at least hang cameras. Just spend one day. It doesn't have to be a full weekend, but just one day, go out there and hang cameras. To be honest, it'd be amazing to be able to knock those both out in one weekend. That would be incredible. I mean, but, it wouldn't, wouldn't be terrible for me, but for you, that'd be awful. Well, not really because I'm headed back down at that point. You know what mm, I mean? Understood. What's worse is playing pinball. So I live in central Texas. So going all the way up to Kansas is 10 hours. And then if I go all the way back home, and then I go back to Oklahoma, and then back home, we're talking like 20-something hours of driving. You think we could just, do that in one weekend? Yeah, but we'd have to get started really early in Kansas. I mean, that it'd have almost, to be like a Friday evening, mm-hmm. Saturday morning kind of thing, and then head straight down. Or honestly, it'd be even better to do it on a Friday and then head down. It'd be better, to, yeah, it'd be better to, it'd be better to have Friday off 
if if we could all swing that somehow, and kind of like you were saying, we meet you in Southeast, and then it'd be really good because from Vanita, it's like it's about the same either way. And then I could either jump in with Carol or vice versa. Carol could jump in with me. We meet you Southeast, and then we all go up to Vanita maybe. I have no clue. I don't know if you'd want to leave your truck there. No, I could I, drive it. I could okay. drive it up there. And then just park uh, it there. And then we could all meet in Tulsa, Vernita, and then go the rest of the way in Kansas. It'd be the hell of a weekend, but it would it, I would be sitting like a like a pig in crap with knowing my cameras are out there putting in work. Yeah. This is something yeah. we've talked about about trail cameras. This is what I love about a forty dollar trail camera. Listen, you get tired, you need water, you need food. That camera eats all day, every day. It's just sitting there waiting. Unless a spider web, you know, tries to make a web in front of it, and then it doesn't. But well, then it eats for. A, then it gets a thousand pictures. That's and, generous. Yeah, it gets a thousand pictures a month, and it dies. That's kind yeah. of how that one goes. Other than that, dude, I think I think that kind of clears it up. Uh, we're still waiting on the Oklahoma uh, draw hunts. All, yeah, all those draw hunts. That's tomorrow, or yeah, that comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow? I mean, yeah. I kind of hope I don't get the ammunition plant now. Is there a way, like, you can decline it? You can't. I think you can decline it and take a preference point. Okay, that's probably what I'm going to do then. Well, it depends. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it depends, but we've, we've, we've already for sure got Kansas, and so I don't want to, like, and again, I guess it's only one weekend you can do it, but I don't know. It, it just seems like a lot. It seems like a, like a pretty big plate. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit for people that are listening. Is Plus, like, you can't film it. Yeah, that's that's dumb. That's the only that, like that's my only like kind of game like. Mm-mm. Yeah, we've talked about it. Is like we don't want to be too divided in our attention. We already have Oklahoma on our plate. We already have can like Oklahoma regular hunting on our plate, and we have Kansas on our plate. And we want to make sure that we do the hunts that we've already planned well instead of skipping the other ones. And it kind of feels like the army the army ammunition plant would be one of those hunts that would kind of divide my focus it'd be tough because if i had like a big deer on the lease coming in on the cell cam and it was like hey it's army ammunition weekend i'd be like well i probably won't get one with a recurve but i can definitely get one with a compound's challenging enough as it is yet alone just a legit stick and yeah stick and string no and i don't own a stick and string yet like just an actual i don't either (laughs) not bad it's tough yeah we put in though you never know I'm not even well, worried about, about those. Uh, that that did you put in for the pronghorn? I did. Okay. Okay. I did. Um, since our buddy isn't going to help us out anymore with the pronghorn, uh, I we guess we're name, gonna... name drop him real quick. No, we can't. Are you sure? We can't. He ain't hey. going to do anything else for us. Let's just name drop. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the relationship's not over. Uh, burn that bridge real quick. Yeah. Well, so yeah, we got a lot on the plate. We got a lot of tax starting coming back. Got a lot of hunts to. Scout for Kansas, Oklahoma. Heck, who knows if if Lord willing, we might even get to jump over to another state this year. Depending on Arkansas, Arkansas, Missouri, Nebraska. Mm. One of those. I'm ready to knock one off. For what you guys really came for is the public land 101 mini series, where we're walking you through how to hunt public land all the way from just the idea of it, just sitting and thinking about it and how to, we talked last week, we talked about hunting ethics, uh, what to expect, how to act on public and then what not to do. And then this week we're going to talk about checking rules and regs for public land and then how to find a place to hunt.
Anyways, we're going to be starting a new series on the podcast. I think it was going to be seven or eight weeks, and we're going to call it Public Land Hunting 101. And kind of the goal with the series is we're going to take you from start to finish of what it takes to hunt white-tailed deer on public land. A look into the other topics that we're going to discuss, and these aren't necessarily in any order. But we're going to also, with hunting ethics, we're going to talk about map scouting, uh, finding a piece of land, and understanding regulations, boots on the ground scouting, trail camera strategy, and time for the hunt, what to expect, what to bring, those sort of things. So it's going to be a multi-week series, and we're going to hopefully cover all you guys need to know start to finish on how to hunt whitetail on public land. I would assume people are going to start with their home state. So if you live in Iowa, you hunt Iowa. If you live in Missouri, you hunt Missouri. Just like we did with public land. When we started hunting public, we chose to hunt Oklahoma first. And this isn't really how we did it. Well, I guess that's that's worth talking about a little bit would be, how did you find your first place of public land to hunt, Jake? How did I? Yeah. Uh, I met a little little skinny white boy in about, I don't know, sixth grade. And then a couple years later, him and his basically werewolf of a of a uh, uncle took me somewhere. No, actually, I was gonna say Richie. That, yeah, I was gonna say Richie. Richie took me. Uh, oh, where was it? Was it? It was southeast. I'm not gonna name drop. I don't. I don't like name dropping. One of the that big places. Very, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was muzzleloader season, and I brought my my brother's open sight muzzleloader. Didn't have a scope on it yet. That was that was a big mistake. Uh, first time ever using a climber. Didn't know how to use a climber. Rode out there with them. Uh, he dropped me off at a tree because I, I didn't know anything. I didn't. I, don't, I think I barely had a phone at that point. And uh, yeah, he gave me a little quick tutorial on how, on how to use the uh, climber. Shipped me up a tree, and I think it was my very first set, very first evening set. About 140, 145 inch deer walked out in front of me. Got got too dark, and uh, that was my very first public experience. And I think that's what set it off. I was like, "There's something to this." You were, uh, you're still hunting under that climber today. <laughs> I am. I am. Hopefully, hopefully. I don't know for sure <laughs> if it'll change. It'll change. Uh, yeah, I still got a climber. It's killed many of deer. It's missed many of deer. Hey, bonus everything doesn't, you a saddle, though. everything doesn't gotta be right to kill the big one. You killed your biggest one out of a climber that has, is still has electrical tape and the, and the front bar has been cut off. That's called cushion. Okay. That, that's a place to put your hands. Whenever you uh, shimmy up the tree, see, I don't know how you all do it. You all probably do it the lazy man, the uh, big old hefty man. You all probably sit in your top climber, right? Like, is that what you do? You sit on the back bar. I don't have a climber, but I used to. Okay, but used to you do. used to sit on the back bar and then move your knees up to your chest while you're still sitting. This, this is a fit man's climber. Okay, all you big boys, you don't know about this. You don't have that back bar so you can sit shooting down what you do is you put your hands on there and uh it again all you big boys probably don't know about this when you do dips in the gym it's just like that you go down and you use your freaking your core strength your big old muscles lightning and thunder and then you just shimmy your way up the tree hey they don't know about that hard work son they don't they don't i wouldn't have known about it either but the dude, I he let me have this climber, but I never gave it back. He's about maybe a buck forty as a man, and maybe not anymore. He's kind of he's kind of beefed up in a good way. 
but uh, he he used to be a string bean, and so it's it's no wonder why he did that. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think my first time hunting public was with Justin at the same place that you're talking about mm. uh, down in Southeast. And so when we tell you um, that you need to go how, how to locate a piece, this is not what we did. What we did was found someone who wanted to kind of not mentor us, but someone that wanted us to experience what they had already experienced on public. And that's how we kind of got our first invite. So if you have that family friend or someone that you know closely that hunts public all the time, my recommendation before looking for your own piece would be kind of ask them if if you can tag along. I think that's a good strategy. And it's also one of the strategies that has grown one of our favorite pieces of public to basically hundreds of people hunting in there now. Talk about it. Well, that's how it kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can't say much cause the piece we, we hunt now is, you know, the, the piece you and Justin took me to. So it's just like, I never would have known about that place if it was, I mean, it's just word of mouth, I guess, but sometimes that'll come and bite you in the butt. Well, the only way that me and Justin found that place was we got pissed off hunting the other spot and hadn't seen a deer and we're like screw it we're gonna go home we're gonna hunt this place on the way home and then we did the first time we're like you know what there's something to this and now now we have a camp full of like 12 people hunting with us yeah yeah i'm about to start carpooling save save this joe biden gas a little bit might as well we're all heading to the same place i agree (laughs) it ain't it ain't that big of a deal so for you guys that don't aren't going to go with someone or you're just doing this completely on your own our first recommendation, first step would be start with your home state. And then two, the second step was you got to you gotta find your local website, whether this is your, OD, for us, it's the ODWC, Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. For you, it might be a DNR, Department of Natural Resources. But you, you can type Are in. Are you Georgia folk? Yeah, for you Georgia, Iowa folk, you can go and you can type in, say you lived in Missouri. You could type in Missouri public land, and probably the first thing that's going to come up is some sort of outdoor, um, some sort of hunting website for Missouri. So, for instance, for us, if you type in Oklahoma public land on Google, what comes up is gooutdooroklahoma.com. And what that is, is just the ODWC's website where they talk all about hunting, hunting regulations, um, and they actually have a tab called hunting. If you go to that tab, it drops another tab called where to hunt. And that will show you access to all the different pieces of public land that you can access. But you you want to talk about your favorite your favorite way to find new public land, Jake? Uh, yeah, I usually just look on Instagram and uh, and you know some people are stupid enough to tag actually the WMA where they shot it at, and then if it's a big enough deer, that's what I do. I'm like, hey, let's try this piece. That could work. <laughs> Uh, no, but, uh, what were you implying? You, you talking about the app? Yeah. Talk a little bit about the oh, app. Yeah. What Oklahoma offers at least is an iPhone app and it's called go outdoors. Okay. So if you click on it, I don't know if this is going to be on YouTube or TikTok or anything, but this is kind of what it looks like all washed out. Anyways, yep. there's a place where you can click on it, a little fishing tab or a hunting tab. So in this case, let's do the hunting and you can mobile e-check in your deer if you shoot them, all this good stuff. But they have a tab that says hunting regulations. And uh, 
it you know the general the license info the big game game birds migratory birds small game and then the public hunting areas if you click on that you can have like olap regulations for hunting and then department managed area rules and then public hunting areas special regulations so it covers all the basics on what you need to know let's say if you're wanting to try to find a piece near you you go back to that uh that first tab and there's a little there's another tab within that called where to hunt and if you click on it it'll kind of run you through some more regs and it'll also give you like a wma list or shooting ranges or all that good stuff oklahoma land access program all that good stuff and then you click on the uh wma areas there's a list of i don't know how many wmas and stuff like that but they got it all broken down into regions so you get like the northeast region northwest southeast southwest and uh you can go from there and kind of if you're if you're younger really don't have a driver's license try to find a place that's near you hopefully close to you and start there that's what i would do I think that's a good point. And you talked a little bit about you can if you see the individual wildlife management area, which is what it's called in Oklahoma, you can click on those and see the special regulations for each one of them. And even though they're statewide seasons, so for Oklahoma, it'd be October 1st through January 15th would be archery season. Each one of those individual places that you can hunt, each one of the WMAs or OLAPs or maybe Weehaw if you're from Kansas or something like that, has its own special regulations. And that's something that I didn't understand for the longest time. I thought they were all the same. Oh, so, like, like uh, the seasons and the, and the uh, like bow hunting and rifle hunting seasons are all the same? I thought, I thought um, if I went to this WMA, it would just be the same season as all of the statewide mm, seasons. Yeah. And the, reasons why, the reason why we say to check those special regulations is, for instance, one of the WMAs that we hunt in the north central part of the state is only open the first seven days of rifle season for rifle hunting. Whereas mm-hmm. the Oklahoma rifle season is actually 14 days. So if you go in there on the eighth day of rifle season and you bring your gun in, you're getting a Billy bad fat ticket. And you got to really watch out for that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 And kind of same, same goes for archery. There's, there's uh archery only WMAs. There's, I'm wanting to say there's there, there's rifle only WMAs too. I'm not 100. percent I'm not but sure on that. One. There's a place that's only. I think it was down there by Jake where Jake Ayers lives, but I could be wrong. So, anyways, on, on some of the refuges, um, so the refuge, I think the refuge that you're talking about, if you apply for some of the controlled hunts, you could, you can't hunt there at all until you draw it for a controlled hunt. Some mm-hmm. of them aren't open to hunting at all. Um, like the Wichita Mountain Refuge, like you can only hunt with a gun in there if you get drawn out. Okay. Yeah. So but, check check your regs. Yeah. Check your regs. Yeah. I, you made a good point about the the bow only. I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand because, and it's also something that breeds really big deer. By the way, if you if you want to hunt places, um, but most, that's in, that's in different states, not Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, not Oklahoma. They okay. Don't. I just want exactly. to clarify that. Yes. You if you want a maybe a less pressured experience or you want to hunt somewhere that is not going to have a bunch of rifle hunters, there is bow only WMAs across probably across your state and across a lot of states. And that's something to understand because we've been hunting, we've hunted a bow only WMA before. And here I've seen someone coming in an orange vest with their kid and his muzzleloader and a, uh, and a ladder stand. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, Oh, just setting this up. And I'm like, 
bro, it, it ain't muzzleloader season in here. You know, it's still it's still bow season. Which, never mind. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna specify anything on that. No. No. We're good. Don't do it. Don't nope. do it. We're good. And then another thing to understand: if you're looking for a different kind of hunting experience that is not just straight. Well, it's going to be on public land, but if you're not looking to just hunt during a regular season, talk a little bit about maybe someone getting hooked up in a draw hunt. How does that work? Draw hunt, I think, would be the same situation, at least for at least for me. I haven't really been applying for very many draw hunts. I did last year, but that's just for like the like the Oklahoma Elk and the Wichita Mountains. And then this year I did the same thing, just trying to gain, pre- gain preference points just because I know I'm not going to draw out anytime soon. But again, uh, you can go on the app, and let me get back to the main menu. I think it's in purchase lines. No, let me look. Yeah, so same thing. You go on the app into the main screen, and then if you click the hunt icon as well, there's this uh, another tab that is controlled hunts. Click on that, and it'll make you do all your login and all that good stuff. But once it's open, best thing to probably do is on Facebook, follow your, like for us, it's ODWC for Kansas. I don't know what it is, but probably follow them on Facebook, especially if you want to know like when the draw hunt's open. Because I think on the app, it doesn't really give much information except when the draw uh, dates are, like when you're able to draw out for them to figure out where and what you can actually draw in for. I think that would be the best way to go about it instead of any app, or I guess you can go on like the ODW website and, and figure it out. But for the most part, I do it on Facebook because I think that's the easiest to find stuff. I agree. And it's worth noting that, um, these, these hunts <laughs> that are called these controlled hunts, basically all they are is where they would shut down an entire piece of public land for a weekend. And they would only let, a select amount of people come in and hunt that have drawn out for that hunt. So if you guys are looking for, maybe you want to hunt a bow, bow only WMA and it, there's a rifle hunt that's going to go on there for a weekend. You can apply for things like that or special things like the panhandle pronghorn, or like you said, the, the elk at the refuge. There's plenty of different controlled hunts like that. And another thing it might, it might make you want to draw out and it might make you not want to, let's say you hunt a WMA or a piece of public that, that you have, I've uh, been hunting for a while. It's better to have more than one of those in your back pocket because a lot of times if they have like a draw a draw system there where they where they let rifle hunters go in or something like that, while while that draw hunt's going on, typically you're not allowed to be in there and to to even if you're just trying to bow hunt. They usually close the whole public piece down. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind as well. We talked about that a little bit in last week in hunting ethics of like having multiple spots, but even from a wider angle, it's good to have multiple WMAs that you're considering to hunt just because of that reason. If you do not have any other private piece or lease to go to when your when your piece of public is shut down, it's definitely great to have several different WMAs that you have scouted. Because if not, you could have a great October cold front and you're going to be sitting at home. So anyways, that's that's all we had for how to find a piece of public land to hunt and understand the regulations, but you should be able to find all that online, whether through uh, the website for your local state or 
through an application they have for iOS or Android. Also, what you can do is call your game warden, call your local or state biologist. They're always free to ask questions, you know. That's what our tags pay for, I think. They might not like it, but you give them a call. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's all we had on the this episode of How to Find a Peace Public and Understand Regulations. Like I said, this is our Public Land 101 miniseries. You got anything else you want to add, Jake? I don't think so. Just pray for us in this heat. Hopefully we don't get as many trail cameras stolen this year. Well, if, if we're in for the ride that Justin seems to think we are, Kansas is going to be tough because he said he texted me verbatim. Just count about half of them getting stolen. Is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, thirty bucks a pop. If if they want them that bad, they can have them. I guess. Yeah, jokes on. Karma them. will come back and eat them in the butt. So. Oh, but hey, for people that listen to our podcast only to hear when we're going to have Charles Beatty on again, mm. we have we shot a couple. We had a long weekend last weekend shooting podcast episodes. Uh, we did one with Pat Lane and Charles together. And then we did, as Charles would say, his encore, and we did that one as well. So we have two podcast episodes coming with Charles, one with Charles, one with Charles and Pat. So we're probably going to have those up in the next, I don't know, week or two. Depends on when Jake decides me to send his footage. I can send it tonight. I plan on sending it tonight, and uh, I'm not trying to tease it and uh, trying to hype it up too much, but it's a pretty good one, and I know for sure I'm trying to study up for this podcast. There's at least two or three stories that have not been told on any podcast yet. So just trying to hype that up a little bit. Charles called me last night and he was like, when's the teaser coming? And I'm like, I barely mm-hmm. got the footage down. <laughs> it was a long one. I think both of them were, were over two hours. So they were, it's a lot of editing for you. So it's plenty. you. Lots of camera angles. But it'll be all right. <laughs> a couple moments have to be kind of bleeped out a little bit, but it is yeah, what it is. Exactly. Well, we will uh, we will continue this series. Sorry, we didn't get you one last week. Like we said, we were we shot two podcast episodes with Charles and Pat last week, so had to skip over the public land mini series. But we will catch you guys next week with another episode, and we're going to talk about next week. Let me kind of tease it up just a little bit. Next week, we're going to walk through map map scouting. That one's going to be a fun one. Also, if you're listening to this, you might as well. Scroll down to the bottom of this page and give us a five-star review and leave us leave us a review or a comment. Leave us a five-star rating Listen, and a review. Okay, I'm still learning this. Sh- okay, let's do it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And go sub to the YouTube if you guys are already uh, just diddling around on your phone. Also, you still rolling? Yeah. If anyone has any pins in Kansas that they would like us to check out for them, be sure to send us a message on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or leave us a YouTube comment. Absolutely. We will, we will <laughs> gladly check your spots out for you. Uh, All right. Well, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.